Welcome to 7 Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I'm Edwin. And I'm Sam. And for the past seven days, I have recommended a game for Edwin that we should both check out. And I have been. And we have been. That's the whole premise of the show. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we take seven days to try and play a game and we will here review it on we how we went. Seven days to try to play. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to play for seven days. Seven days to attempt to play. Mm, okay okay this is not going well for the game that i suggested but the game that i suggested is from apple arcade it is called card of darkness the latest game from zach gage i'm glad you mentioned this from apple arcade because there's really no way of knowing every time you start the game that it's from apple arcade i know that's (laughs) i feel like they need to do something about that right that orange screen with i I get it like it's nice but come on like it doesn't need to be three seconds long someone else pointed out like on another podcast, like for the Apple Plus TV, they have these like kind of gross. I don't know. Have you have you been watching any of the Apple Plus TV shows? I do not have an Apple Plus. You know, the Apple Plus. Well, they have this like well, they could have just done it was just like really classy, just Apple logo. That's it. That's mm. all you need to do. But instead, yeah. they have Apple TV Plus originals and like oh, oh it's boy. kind of a little bit like oh boy, yeah, that gets a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit too much. Like I mean. Disney Plus also does something similar. Like whenever you start Disney Plus, mm. it shows the Disney logo, the little rainbow over, and then the plus, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if that's just buying... That's classy though. It's classy, but I don't know if it's necessarily buying time from like the like actual loading process. You know, maybe it's just something nice to see while it's actually loading or if it's just taking its sweet ass time yes. <laughs> to show that nice logo. But what always makes me laugh is the compression defeating uh, white noise of the HBO logo. Mm. <laughs> like you just, just pixelated <laughs> to hell. Just, everything is artifacts. Yeah. Artifacts, artifacts. Didn't think that out for a streaming service. I know. That's such a funny, like, like uh, yeah, like artifact for of like a 90, 90s branding. Right. That, like static is actually impossible <laughs> to compress. <laughs> yeah. Your video codec. So I don't think TV screens even have those anymore. <laughs> I know, right? Right. Is it even possible to see that screen? I think. A lot of TVs nowadays actually build in that noise <laughs> to make it seem like it's an um, it's an off tuned screen. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> funny, funny old world. <laughs> Reminds me of a story that uh, someone's kid was just really confused about why the button for movies had the icon of a bunk bed. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> yeah the ticket. The, oh no, it's like the 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 frame, like the like the actual film oh, reel. I see. Has like two bars on the top and then like a little ladder either side right where the cogs would go to move the film along it and is a like, bunk, it's bed, a bunk yeah. bed yeah but back to cards of darkness i always thought it was cards but that's not incorrect it's simply card it's simply card of darkness it is the one card of darkness mm. it is the latest game from zach gage you might know him from other games like flip flop solitaire oh yes i played the heck out of that and pocket run pool. Mm, that was good too. That was a good one. So he's made some really good games um, and some of it a little bit more cerebral than you might like. Like pocket run pool is probably his most like arcadey game, yeah. but previous games actually involves a little bit of thinking uh, and a little bit of, uh, you know, like uh, deciding some tactics, some brains involved. Oh, that, that dang thinking. Uh, Card of Darkness is an Apple Arcade game, like I mentioned a lot of times. It is uh, made in conjunction with, let me see. Oh. Pendleton Ward and I, Choice Provisions. Yes. Who I can't tell if that's a real person or a business. Or just a really hipster coffee brand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I feel like Mr. and Mrs. Provisions decided to name their child Choice. Choice. I can I can see that. Mm, I would have gone with <laughs> Tasty. Tasty Provisions. Yeah. Then the run to the litter. Cheap. With Sister Umami Provisions. <laughs> Sam, do you want to read the game description from the Apple App Store? Desperately trying to bring this show back to some vague semblance of order. <laughs> We're delirious with holiday spirit. Yeah. I should have really prepared this, shouldn't I? It's also surprisingly hard to find the show notes or like the Apple App Store page mm-hmm. for a app you already have. So, Card of Darkness. Yes. Embark on an epic hand-animated adventure from Zach Gage, Pendleton Ward, and Choice Provisions. Cast powerful spells, slay fantastic monsters, discover ancient secrets, and ultimately save the world just by picking up the right cards. Card of Darkness is a full-featured adventure designed around an accessible, minimalist card game core. Mm, minimalist. Mm-hmm. Minimalist card game core. You lost me at that point, but... Yes, it is a card game. Right. And so the game, it looks very much, very similar to like threes, if you want to think of it, where it's a grid of maybe like four by five. Um, And on each section of the grid, there is a little stack of cards. Your character starts off at the bottom of the page and your goal is somewhere on the blocks on the top of the page. And your aim is to try and uncover each stack of cards uh, and make your way through to the exit that's on top of the page. But as you uncover each stack of cards, there is a choice for you to start picking up a card. And if you pick up a card, you kind of have to uh, deal with whatever card is on top. But then once you pick up that stack, like the first card from that stack in one of those sections, you need to go through the entire stack in order for you to continue onwards. Mm, yes. So you cannot, leave, yeah, you cannot leave a stacked touched and undone you need to finish them out in order for you to progress through you start it you got to finish it that's what my dad always used to say <laughs> my grandfather would say at the dinner table take what you want but want what you take is that uh regarding food yes okay so don't be greedy yes. and i think there is a there's a really fun aspect here of you uncovering cards it's a lot like solitaire where once you pick up a card the next card gets revealed and you're never really sure what the next card is there is some expectancy on like what those cards are because uh i believe there's a set number of cards and there is a uh set number of different types of cards that's going to be available uh in the in your entire screen oh interesting i hadn't thought about like card counting to say, right. like, oh, I've picked up so many health-restoring cards. I'm pretty sure that maybe the next one won't be one. Hmm, interesting. And so whenever you pick up a card, there are different types of cards, some that benefit you and some that you need to encounter. Uh, so by and large, there is like a health card, which you can pick up that improves your health, and you normally start out with a hit point level of 20. Um, or you can also pick up weapons, uh, and the weapons is where it really gets interesting because as you pick up a weapon... Uh, the weapon will have a certain card value. It'll either be an even or an odd number card value. Uh, So it could be something like uh, you pick up a sword that has a five on it. Uh, And you can use this uh, weapon to start picking up cards that are enemies or destroying them, essentially. Uh, But the enemies will also have a number value on them as well. So like an enemy will have a hit point level of like three or four uh, but the interesting part here is that you need to make sure that your 
weapon is the same odd or even number uh, to the monster. So if the monster is has a hit point of five, any weapon with an odd number will be able to attack it without you losing that weapon, without that weapon breaking. Yeah, so that's where things get complicated. This is <laughs> yes. where I feel like I was initially a little bit confused, but once it clicked, I found that to be really sort of, you know, this is where like you have to be a little tactical with your decision making. So, yeah. like let's say a monster has a, a hit point level of five and your weapon is three. You can kill that monster, but you'll get two damage as the remainder of the difference of five and three but your weapon will still be intact. And so you can go on to attack other monsters. Uh, but let's say your, your, the monster was five and then you have a sword of 10. Whoa, much power. You can kill that monster, but then your weapon will break and you will not receive any damage. And then as you go along further in the world map, uh, you'll encounter different monsters that have different attributes. For example, like sometimes, you know, every card that you pick up will decrease the monster's hit points by one. And so you want to make sure that you pick up other cards around the area before you encounter a monster so that the monster is then easier to attack. You know, like they're like nice little, little intricate rules that sort of form around you encountering new cards and creatures. Sam, what was your card of darkness by which I mean your least favorite card? Oh, there is a, uh, there was something called the void wolf. Mm-hmm. which when it uncovers and there's a monster, there's another monster adjacent to it, it would eat that monster really quickly and gain its power. So the void wolf would start off at four. And then if there was a monster next to it, that was 10, it would eat it. And then the void wolf would then be 14, which is very unexpected. And, you know, it's like one of those things, like you just unflip this card. It was a void wolf and now you have to attack it, but then it just picked up all the, all the monsters around it. And so it's kind of like a big gotcha. That was my least favorite. <laughs> what was your What was your least favorite? My least favorite. I'm now looking up the correct term, but I call it the flexing mushroom. Mm. Oh, the Jimji, where it just if you don't attack it, it just gets stronger and stronger. Right. And so you need to make the decision of like, do I wait until I uncover a weapon that can I can kill it without losing any hit points, or do I just go for it and attack it with my bare fist and just bear the brunt of the the damage? Or do you even need to attack it at all and just leave that stack untouched right. if it's on top? Yeah. So there's like a really there's a lot of things going on, which I think is great. I found maybe the progression quite fast. Like I suddenly went from, oh, I'm just, you know, attacking these triangles who are on crows, to now suddenly there's five or six different enemies. There's a aubergine slash eggplant that's now turns into a chopped thing, and then that does a thing. And then there's a poisony thing and then a thing that's a green, right. rusty thing. And there suddenly are, I was like, oh my God, wow, there's so much happening all of a sudden. There are a lot of rules. And I think that's kind of what I like about it is that, you know, on the surface, it does seem like a simple card flipping game where like, you know, you're tapping through it. But, you know, this really reminded me of like one of those Michael Bro games, mm. Michael Bro, Michael mm. Bro where each move you kind of have to be careful and tactical and you can really take your time with it to, to really plan out what the things might be. But then there's this really nice nature of it where it's like, uh, you know, the randomness of the cards being flipped up makes it that much more exciting. I feel. Yeah. I think there was 
a point where I kind of wanted to understand exactly the implications of my next move, but because it's so complicated of like, well, this is going to do this, and then this this one, when you flip it up, it does negative three damage to adjacent, to horizontally adjacent cards, and this one does, it was just like, well, I actually, my brain power is not big enough to actually contain all the permutations of what's going to happen if I make this one card flip, which I think is a strength, but I perhaps wasn't quite prepared for it to get so complicated so quickly. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, much like, it's kind of a, a cross between a casual game and I would say like a collectible card game where you have to be familiar with each card and sort of know its strength and weaknesses. You have to be familiar with each monster. And there are things that you can pick up that actually makes your life easier. Um, there is sort of like an in-game coin system, which is not tied to any like monetary, like monetization thing. Where, oh yeah, what do the coins do? I never figured out what the coins do. So oh. you go to the shop and it allows you to essentially buy like one-off items. But the more important thing is like, it allows you to buy a card slot, the card of darkness slot, which then allows you like uh, power-ups. So one card that you can, you know, equip to yourself will be something that says, always put the double amount of swords whenever I go to a map. Right. Another one will be, start me off with three more hit points. And then, but in the beginning, you only have one slot. So you have to be sort of tactical in like what you want to equip. But then at the higher level you go, the more coins you have, you get more slots. And so you can essentially beef up your character a little bit more. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I actually entirely forgot about the coins. I was like collecting them, but I forgot that I could actually spend them. Mm. So I think I would, I would kind of hit a point where, oh, I, I have, you know, low health and just enemies and no sword. I'm like, well, I can't finish this level. Whereas if I had bought things such as, oh, you have like a one-time health restore in your back pocket. Because I think I got a little bit frustrated of like, well, once you're stuck, that's it, game over, you have to start again. Mm. Which I think, fine, but yeah, I wish I could have used more tactics to not get into that situation. That's true. You know? And I think that's where there's like a little bit of a roguelike element, yeah. right? Like each level, you kind of make a lot of progress. Um, and some of these levels are like four floors deep, meaning like you have to complete them four times in order to win it. Yeah. In addition, I think that was also a little bit, I thought it got long too quickly as well. Right. If I'm being. And you know. there wasn't enough character improvement in between those floors that made it easier. So it's kind of like you really have to sort of rely on the draw of the cards uh, to work in your benefit and sort of luck. But I think that also added to sort of my enjoyment of it as well. Strangely enough, and usually, like I don't like this this random aspect. Yes, as was well documented on the last two years of shows. <laughs> but at the same time, like I feel like you know, it's not like a true roguelike where it totally gets rid of all your progress. It's just simply for that level. So I never found myself discouraged to to stop playing. Shall we get to the three by threes? Let's get to the three by threes. Three things good and three things that displease. <laughs> What was your first good thing, Edwin? I'm a big fan of sort of turn-based strategy games. And this started off very promising. And I was like, oh yeah, this kind of ticks all the boxes for me. Um, I think if you're looking for a pretty fun, yeah, turn-based strategy game that is surprisingly deep, I think you may may well like this. Yeah, I'm going to 
I'm going to add a, a card on that. Oh, put a stack, stack put it a up. Stack. I'm going to stack that up. Uh, and I, and I, yeah, if you like cerebral, a little bit more of a cerebral type game that has a little bit more of a turn-based nature, um, but you kind of like the casual aspect of card games. Uh, and if you like, you know, games from Michael bro with a prettier aesthetic, uh-huh. I think you'll really like this game. Um, it, it, you're right. Like in the beginning, it kind of sets you up nicely and just it's sort of like a, a flip the card game. Yeah. But it does involve a lot of tactics later on. Yeah. And it's just the whole interface is really nice. Like you, because there's a lot going on, you can just tap and hold enemy cards or any card and it'll tell you kind of what it does, which is nice. Um, and just like the transitions are nice, nice and cute and sweet. Mm-hmm. Smooth transitions. Smooth transitions. Them rainbow color, technicolor Choice transitions. Provisions, smooth transitions. <laughs> uh, my next good point is that if you like card-based games, this is very much a card and number-based games where, you know, you do simple maths. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good one. Like, if you like the, the sort of solitaire nature of, um, what is it like? Puzzle, puzzle potion merchant? Potion merchant? Oh, miracle merchant. Miracle merchant. Yeah, if you if you had pretty good ties with that game, like I feel you would really love this game. My last one is that if you like the concept of roguelikes, uh, where you're you know trying to make your way through something and it's kind of risky and you can you can die, uh, you know it is kind of like that exhilarating thing of you making it through. This game has that without too much detriments of being a true roguelike where you lose all your progress, um, and because of the way that the coins work. Even if you fail uh, halfway through a map, you still retain the coins that you've collected so far. Mm. So that progression still persists. So it's a really good way of keeping you in the game. So it's an untrue roguelike. Mm. It's a it's a roguelike like. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> roguelike licky. <laughs> this is getting out of hand. <laughs> On to the displeasing points. Mm. Uh, if you like. If you're expecting like an adventure game to have that adventure game aesthetics, the mm. the aesthetics of this is very cute and delightful and animated, uh, kind of like a Cartoon Network cartoon, but even looser. Um, it, it is very, I find it very charming and adorable, but I don't know, that might not work for you. Everything does seem like it's drawn and uh, like a sort of notebook style, which is kind of adorable. I just want to call out maximum, maximum, maximum adorability when you would try and tap on the stairs to leave the ex- to leave the level, but you have some, you haven't finished all the decks right. that you've touched and it'll do a little, Mm-mm. close the eyes and shake the head. Yep. And that's actually really smart too. Cause like when you tap it first two times, it does just a little shake. And then when you tap it like three times, it actually tells mm. you like, Hey, yeah. you can't leave those stacks. Um, you touch, you buy. Right. There is one aspect of that that sometimes it took me a really long time to figure out what a touch stack and an untouched stack was. Yes, it's very subtle. Right. And it's subtle because like on the grid, it just corners, like it adds little corners as an indicator that this stack was touched. But I don't think that's enough of an indication. Like it needs to be something a little bit more, I feel. Initially, I thought it was like if the cards were shaking. But that wasn't the case because everyone's shaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're looking for a game where you can have complete 
knowledge of the entire system and how it all works together, this probably isn't the game for you. I think even now I couldn't really tell you kind of how everything fits together. Like I, I forgot about the coins and buying things. Mm. There's, you know, scrolls and potions, different types of weapons, five or six different types of enemies. And I've only, you know, think I'm on six or seven levels in and it's just the complexity ramps up very quickly. Right. In a way that can, could leave you a little bit confused and frustrated. It is a meaty game. Like it gets yeah. meaty very quickly. Yes. The, uh, don't be fooled by the cutesy graphics. Right. There is a lot going on. Uh, and I think that's my, that's my also, uh, bad point is that if you don't like games where you have to like memorize everything or like, you know, you don't necessarily have to memorize everything, but you have to be in the know of like what the cards are. Yes. Um, you kind of have to have a muscle memory around it in order for you to really be efficient and have a good time with the game. So if you're not, if you don't want to learn, <laughs> Yeah, I think you kind of know if you're like kind of person. I think of sort of Sentinels of the Multiverse. Yeah. Where like that's probably that is intimidating to come to like start playing, but actually as you play it more, you get suckered into playing it more and more. But right. just be aware that there's a lot going on in this game. There's a lot going on, and I guess the reward is that it is a pretty rich gameplay, like once you get used to it. But it, there's a bit of a learning curve. Much like every time I take a sip of wine, mm, there's a lot <laughs> going on. <laughs> Let me drink more. <laughs> Sam, what's your final 70 rating? Seven out of seven Whoa. days. Yeah, I don't... I, Shlamma jamma. In, initially, like, uh, the first few levels, like, I, I was kind of confused about, like, all the different subtleties. Yep. You know, like, initially, the, the odd and even number was, like, a really hard concept to grasp because I don't think anything's really done that before in a game. Yeah. Or it has to distinctly be odd or even as a mechanic. Uh, but then once I got used to that, there was like another aspect of like the stacks. But then once I got used to that, like I was totally in it. Like those are like really initial barriers. But once I got the hang of it, this is just, I had, I had to play it. It's a must play from Sam. Must play. My seven day rating is a five. I was sucked in. I enjoyed it a lot, but I think I kind of hit a bit of a wall just when the complexity of the enemies attack, um, kind of ramped up a lot quicker than I was expecting. Mm. There's like, potion cards that if you if it does damage that means it'll take damage off you every time but can also do damage to adjacent cards when you pick it up and then there's other ones that there's the thorns that do uh, yeah there's just like a lot of stuff going on right. that I found a little bit overwhelming once I started getting to those slightly later levels I would have liked just a little bit of a gentler ramp into the complexity for my poor little brain and I feel like sometimes maybe like the wording isn't as clear as you want it to be. Like I had to read things maybe two or three times in order for me to fully understand them. You know, I think the concept of picking up the card was not clear. Like when you defeat a monster, you're essentially picking up the card. And yeah. they continue to use that phrasing, which wasn't like very clear to me. Yeah. And I like some of them I'm still confused about, even if I read the description, just as an example, like there's the vegetable who's the cute bouncing aubergine egg plant right the instructions are each turn increases its value by one mm-hmm. value yeah so that with that eggplant vegetable the the longer you leave it the higher it will heal you but then once you take it it's gonna change into the chopped vegetable which mm. doubles whatever value healed you for right yes okay so, see thank you I, that is very helpful but like i 
was a little confused about that. Right. But then, so, you know, just in terms of that, like you can plan, if it's a three, you know, you have a sword that's an even number. You can take it then, because then when it doubles, it's going to be a six. Right. And then you can attack it without getting hurt. It's like these little things that you have to plan through that I think are like the little micro thoughts that yeah. are really interesting. My day is built up of micro thoughts. <laughs> well, thank you, Sam. I enjoyed that. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to stick that or keep that, keep that around because I am intrigued. I want to learn more. So that is the last episode of the year. Heart of Darkness on Apple Arcade. But wait, there is one more bonus episode coming out next week, which is the much coveted, much discussed seven days to play game of the year. We have seven categories that we're going to go through involving things like which game made you want to lick your screen. Please use antibacterial gel before, <laughs> before licking commences. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it's going to be out next week. Um, but, in, but before then, Edwin, do you have any things of the week? Oh, I do. I would like to talk about Screen Crush, the YouTube channel. There are many geeky channels that'll do um, recaps of TV shows, movies. Um, but this one I found particularly delightful. They've got two series that I want to call out in particular. One is the Watchmen recap episode, mm. which is very good, especially if you're in a bit like me and got completely hooked on Watchmen and suckered into the whole universe. I heard it was very, very good. Yes. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, so yeah, the recap episodes for Watchmen on Screen Crush is very good. And also, Sam, I don't know if you've heard, but there might be a Star Wars movie coming out soon. Oh, mm, I don't know. I'm on Media Blackout for it. Okay. So I have no idea. I just, you know, I show up to the theaters one day and I yeah. just expect it to be there. The Revenge of Skywalker? Uh, Rise of the Skywalker. Okay. Okay. Rise. Yes. As you can tell, I'm like a casual Star Wars fan. Yeah. Screen Crush put out a 20 minute whole Star Wars recap, whole story from prequel to present day. Oh, only 20 minutes? Which is, yes. I need obviously, to watch this. a whole bunch of stuff was, was, was uh, yeah, chopped out, but super helpful. Kind of got me back in the mood of like, oh, yes, okay, now I know what's going on. They pull from sort of like the Mandalorian, from some of the animated stuff, mm-hmm. the prequels originals the in-betweeny rogue one han solo movies is it as well written as the the essay the audio essay that we heard where we are all the children of star wars aren't we all the children of star wars it was more accessible for someone (laughs) like me so yeah i'll say check it out screen crush oh i'll definitely check it out before i go watch rise of the skywalker which i need to make time out when do you have tickets yeah i was gonna say Mm. when do you not have tickets already no it comes out tomorrow no i know okay well, I'm I have in a, trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also in trouble because I'm going back to England for the holidays, uh, and of course, I have to watch it with my significant other. So we can only watch it once we're back together, which will be mm. uh, the 28th. So we have tickets booked for the 28th. You so screwed, mate. I know. <laughs> no one tell me tells me how the rising happens <laughs> or the skywalking. That's true. Did he have a skywalk? I think it's just his name. Mm. <laughs> Screen Crush on YouTube. Check it out. All right. My thing of the week is a update to one of my favorite apps on the iPad. Uh-huh. With a on-the-nose name called Procreate. You know, if you think about it's it. It's kind of gross. Yeah. It's Not kind gross, of, but like, yeah. Right. I mean, it makes total sense when you see the word for an art app, right? Yeah. 
like because they actually like bold the pro and then the create is like a different word so you're thinking oh yeah professional creation this is a create tool for pros and it works great but then when you think about it you're just like okay yeah all right i forget that this is what it means yeah everything has to be a sex pun but still (laughs) yeah so procreate just came out with their latest update which is procreate 5 and they've been sort of ramping up like a lot of uh buzz around it on social media and one of the cool things that they've added uh is the ability to animate so actual Uh like onion skin animating that what classic animators are used to and on top of that like you know they made lots of improvements added amazing brushes that off the bat just feel really nice um yeah it's an amazing app and it's a free update if you've already purchased the the app which is only 20 bucks yeah uh it's like a one-time payment no micro i'm always impressed by this company uh so amazing yeah i will say that stealing sam's ipad and using procreate was what caused me to buy a whole ipad pro (laughs) and procreate So I am looking forward to this update. I will, I will be taking the iPad with me for some quality iPad time over the from holidays. Doodling, from good procreate doodling. Procreation. Mm. And that's our show. Join us next week as we reveal Seven Days to Play. Game of the Year. Seven Days to Play. Seven Days to Play.